Welcome to the Anxiety Slayer series. Our mission is to assist you with creating more peace and tranquility in your life through anxiety release exercises and supportive tools created to slay your anxiety. Welcome to Anxiety Slayer. I'm Shan Vanderleek here with my Slayer sister, Ananga Sevier. And we come together weekly on Skype to share Anxiety Slayer sessions with you and often answer listener questions from our Facebook page and inbox. We love to mix up a potent blend of storytelling, yoga, Ayurveda, EFT tapping, along with our many years of personal experience. And this week we're going to be discussing whether or not anxiety is hereditary. Hey, Ananga, wonderful to be with you again. And I wonder what you think. Is anxiety hereditary? It's a great question, isn't it? I think it's something that a lot of people with anxiety ponder. Are we what we're born with and it's set in stone? Or are we the influences we're raised with? And we're both. We have a certain makeup that we're born with and we're really heavily influenced by what goes on around us as we're raised and what we learn from the adults around us. So to a degree, there's certainly a potential influence that you could call hereditary. But I don't believe anxiety to be set in stone in in the sense of genetics, like some illnesses are described, like, you know, you're born with a genetic type and that gives you this illness or that illness. I think anxiety is a lot more subtle than that. Mm, Interesting. Well, I'm glad that you say that because I know that modeling and role modeling is something that certainly affects us in all areas of our lives, how we were raised and kind of actions and activities that we were exposed to. And, And for the longest time, I thought that anxiety was hereditary because of some of the behaviors that my mother would display or that my grandmother would display primarily around social anxiety and um, the need to make everything exactly perfect before entertaining or the need to whatever it is that they would do before going to a, a function or those kinds of things. And, and as you know, that affects me as well. And now I have the tools to lovingly take care of myself when, when those things come up. But it's definitely something that I, that I watched. Yeah, I am a third generation warrior, so there I'm contradicting myself. My grandmother was incredibly anxious. My mother is a real warrior. You know, she'll wake up in the middle of the night and worry about everything. And uh, she's definitely passed that trait on to me. But the reason that I don't like to think of anxiety as set in stone as a genetic lockdown inheritance is because I feel that that robs us of the ability to do something about it. For example, Mm -hmm. is your daughter anxious? Is my daughter anxious? Have we passed on our worried traits to our children? Or are we learning skills for coping better with anxiety and containing it and calming it and working with it in ourselves so that we don't pass that on another generation? I think when you talk about something being inherited, sometimes that very notion makes you think, well, that's how I am and there's nothing I can do about it. And there's so much we can do about anxiety. I agree. It's just simply not true that we're stuck where we're at. I know that through our partnership together and in my relationship with my mother, I have been able to share with her different breathing exercises and flower remedies that all the different things that we talk about and have made them available to her and I know that in some cases she's found things quite supportive and in others she's just not really open to 
trying something new or, you know, changing a, a behavior. And th- that's been interesting to watch as well. And I think as anxiety slayers, we also need to remember that, that do your best to care for yourself. Dial into what feels like it might be something good for you. And if there's something else that doesn't quite set well, that's okay too. But know that you've got so many choices. And in your quest to calm your mind, you might find that you want to help others do the same, which is really what my point is. And it's wonderful to make information available to them, but they have to make the choice. So as much as I've been able to make a difference in my life and and hopefully in my daughter's life as well, I might not be able to do much for my mama beyond supplying her with information and letting her make that choice. And that's okay. Yeah, I think anxiety becomes a very ingrained pattern, a very ingrained response to situations when, when we've lived with it all our lives. We know it's tricky, we know it's very painful, and we know it can really cause horrible sensations in our minds and in our bodies. But again, it, it is that thing of having something in your toolkit, something you can do. Sometimes looking at anxiety as potentially hereditary can be helpful in the sense that it allows us to understand, well, my mum was anxious, or my aunt, or my grandmother, so I have been brought up with those influences around me, which, if you're going to look at that in a way of self-kindness, that, okay, this is how I've been raised, this is what I've observed, this is how I've seen the adults around me respond, it's always good to be kind to ourselves and cut ourselves some slack, but then to also understand it doesn't mean that you're stuck like it forever, and it Mm. doesn't mean that there's nothing you can do about anxiety. Right. In the same way that I've worked with people with phobias, I remember one young boy a few years ago that I helped with a phobia of spiders, and his mum was absolutely terrified of bugs and spiders. And obviously when you're little, your parents are your world, they're your shelter. So if you see an adult freaked out by something, it's going to freak you out. Of course it is. But it doesn't mean that you have to stay scared of spiders, for example, for the rest of your life. There are things you can do, and I always find great hope in looking at our places of power, of hope, of opportunity to make improvements. So there's always something we can do, no matter how many examples we've had of anxiety, how many people there are in our family prone to anxiety, there's always something we can do to help ourselves. The other side of that, which is interesting to look at, is when we've been talking about Ayurvedic body types. Some Ayurvedic body types are more predisposed to anxiety than others. And that's something that we can look at and work with ourselves. But again, we should also know that if you're of a particular type that is prone to anxiety, with that comes wonderful qualities and almost benedictions in your personality as well. So it's it's about knowing yourself and allowing yourself space for some self-healing and cultivating your strengths rather than worrying about the, the more painful spots, the more sensitive spots. Mm, I agree. I'm so glad that we talked about this because this is something that's come up quite a bit and I think that it's empowering to know that just because you've been witness to or been raised in an environment or think that you have those qualities, that you were born with those qualities, that you can learn to separate what's yours and what's not and that you can learn to, like you said, be gentle with yourself and dial into what might help you move through an episode where you're not feeling well and and you want to get to the other side of of that feeling and and then you realize oh wait a minute 
that might not even be mine. You know, just like the story about the boy with the spiders. Mm-hmm. Is that really his fear? And I know that tapping through something like that can be quite supportive. And there's just so much we can do. So if you feel like you are in a place where you just can't let something go, or you've taught yourself to believe that because your mother or father or aunt or friend or, you know, whatever the environment that you were raised in has led you to feel the way you feel, you can change. You can do something about this. You are not stuck in this place of not being able to care for yourself and feel better. Yeah, and it's really great that you raised the point of EFT. That was exactly what we used to help the boy who was Mm. was afraid of spiders. And also you're talking there about limiting self-beliefs when we believe I'm like this because my mother was like it and I'll always be like that. That's a very painful thought pattern. And again, EFT tapping can really help to dissolve that and give you a completely different perspective. EFT works beautifully well for dissolving unwanted negative thoughts, those restrictions that we have, constrictions that we put around our mind. And it's very interesting how it frees up space and you start to develop different ideas and different resources from within yourself when you remove those blocks. It's a very powerful tool for working with those beliefs. Mm. Absolutely. Well, Ananga, thank you so much. I enjoyed our conversation today, and I hope that our listeners will come away with a a newfound understanding and to visit Anxiety Slayer anytime or listen to our podcasts anytime to get all of the support you need to slay your anxiety. Thanks for listening to Anxiety Slayer. We hope you found this podcast supportive and invite you to visit the Slayer Store for our new offering, EFT for Anxiety, your comprehensive touchstone for emotional freedom technique. You can find the Slayer Store at anxietyslayer.com.